I am Shante Javon Taylor, and you are having coffee with the neuroscientists. Welcome, welcome, everyone. This is Shante Javon Taylor, neuroscientist and success strategist, and you are having coffee with a neuroscientist. And today I have the Marie Forleo on stage, <laughs> present. And what are you drinking, Marie Forleo? I am drinking my coffee from this morning. So I am a coffee lover. I have it in my everything is figure outable mug because I can never hear this message too often. And um, yeah, I do love my coffee. What are you drinking? I'm drinking coffee too. I got to start my day with a cup of joe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Literally, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. Right? <laughs> wink, wink. Okay, so... <laughs> So let us fire up some neurons out in the world. This uh, podcast is all about unlo unlocking genius minds and human potential in the universe. And I'm so excited to speak with my mentor, my coach, my friend, the person who inspires me in this, on this planet, Marie Forleo. Marie Forleo is a number one New York Times bestseller. She is the creator of B-School with over 65,000 students in 160 countries. She's also the host of the award-winning show, Marie TV and the Marie Forleo podcast. And she has millions of listeners and followers worldwide. Thank you so much for being here, Marie. Oh, Shantae, thank you. This is an honor. It's a joy. You know how much I adore you and appreciate you and respect you. So I'm excited to be with you. Yay. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today is we, I want to know you. I want to know your journey and how you ended up being such an inspiration to all, um, all, all the people who follow you and just, you know, just reflect on your journey. So I yeah. first seen you on Oprah. Okay, I was laying on my couch. We had just moved back from New Jersey. And I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? Because I knew I didn't want to go the clinical neuropsychology route. I was like, I feel like I need to use the brain science in a more powerful way. Not that clinical neuropsychology is, you know, not a good thing. It just wasn't for me. Yes. And so I was sitting on the couch watching Oprah and Oprah introduces these three thought leaders of our generation. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> And I, I so resonated with your story. Can you share with the audience your journey to creating um, a dynamic coaching program called B-School? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, Shantae, it's been a long time. I've been doing this for 20 years. So I'm going to give you guys, hopefully, some of the highlights. And feel free to ask me anything else to fill in the blanks um, if I miss something important that you feel your audience would appreciate. You know, I've always been super curious about human potential. I remember um, just always being invested in understanding like what makes people thrive and what makes other people struggle and just going through these own things in my own mind also my own journey of trying to figure out who I was meant to be in this world I remember taking um, my first almost like metaphysical class in college it was a class that was based on Deepak Chopra's seven spiritual laws of success and I was like my goodness there's someone who taught a class on this this is great it's where I learned how to meditate but it was also where I got introduced to the world of personal development and that 
there were these concepts or tools or tenets or practices that we human beings typically aren't taught in grade school or in high school. And I was just being introduced to them in college. And that when you practice these things or experimented with them, you felt better. You were more effective in your day-to-day life. You could figure out problems. You could be more connected in your relationships. And I remember thinking to myself, like, why aren't we taught this growing up? Like, I cannot believe I'm in, you know, my early twenties at that point, And I'm just being exposed to this information. Cut to me always, you know, when adults would ask me, Marie, what do you want to be when you grow up? I never had one good society approved answer. It was like, I want to be an artist, a dancer, a writer, a businesswoman, you know, a fashion designer. It was always 17 answers. And I remember adults would just like glaze over their eyes. Like, who is this child? When I got to college, I remember thinking that was going to magically somehow collate into like one career I should have didn't happen. I went with the best of what I knew. I had originally started off as a psych major because I am so fascinated with us as human beings and how we can operate at our best. But when I took my first psych psych class, Shantae, I remember being in that auditorium and the gentleman who was teaching, it was like a one-on-one class was like, okay, first thing you need to know is everything that's wrong with you is basically blamed on your parents. They messed you up. And I was like, I need to change my major immediately. Because even as a 17 year old, I was like, I do not like that framework of that. We are intrinsically broken. Other people messed us up. And that's kind of where we're starting from. Didn't feel good to me. I also had a simultaneous passion around business. My dad's a small business owner. And so I had grown up being with him in his small business and was just fascinated by the fact that you could take care of your clients and over deliver and like show up for them in big ways. I switched over to a business major. When I wound up graduating from college, the first job I had that was a real job besides babysitting and being on the boardwalk in Jersey was on the New York Stock Exchange, Wall Street, the floor. And I was psyched because Shantae, my family, no one in my family went to college. I was the first to go to college. Uh, We didn't have much money growing up. So everything was such a big deal. And I felt so honored to have a job with a paycheck and health benefits and was really grateful for that. But I will tell you this, I started picking up clues. First was my intuition that said, Marie, this is great, but this isn't who you are. This isn't what you're meant to do. This isn't who you're supposed to be in the world. And Shantae, at first, I was like, shush, (laughs) I have a job. I am a professional. I'm going to make it in this world. But as time went on, that little voice kept getting louder and louder. And I was observing the people around me, which at that time, 99.9% men. I was one of the only women on the floor. And the culture was rough. Like there was a lot of sexism. I actually cut off all of my hair. I had a pixie cut because I was so frustrated. I thought that because I had long flowing hair, that was one of the things that was getting people not to take me seriously and hitting on me. That didn't work. Um, It was also the kind of culture where I'm just going to be real. It was, you know, four o'clock bell hit. You head out to like strip clubs. There's a lot of cocaine, there's drugs. And I just was like, this is not me. This is not who I am. This is not what I want to do. So one day I walked onto the floor and I felt different. I was actually starting to feel physically ill. Uh, What I can recognize now is probably what was like a mini panic attack where I was dizzy. I couldn't breathe. I was like almost hyperventilating. And I said to my boss at the time, I said, hey, can I go out and grab some coffee? He's like, yeah, sure. No problem. And I had just graduated from Seton Hall University in New Jersey. I was raised Catholic. So I was kind of trained that when you hit a crisis point, you look up for a little guidance. I didn't go get coffee. 
I made a beeline to the nearest church, Trinity Church downtown. And I sat on the steps and I just cried because I felt horrible. I said, I know how lucky I am to have this job. I know that my parents worked their tails off to even put me in college. I'm the first to even go through college. And here I am hating this, wanting to quit. This voice keeps telling me you're not meant to do this, but the voice ain't telling you what else you're supposed to do instead. And so the first bit of guidance I got, a little voice from God was like, call your dad. So I took out my flip phone because it's 1990, whatever, eight. <laughs> and right, that's what we had. Yes. <laughs> and I'm bawling to my dad, the ugly cry where like there's snot bubbles, that kind. Mm -hmm. And he interrupted me, says, Ree, slow down. He's like, you've been working since you're nine years old. I am not worried about you figuring out how to keep a roof over your head or food on the table. He goes, but let me tell you the secret of life. You have got to figure out something you love. You're going to be working for the next 40, 50 years at a minimum. And if this job is making you this miserable and you're like physically ill and crying, and I'm not typically a crier, so this was unusual. He's like, you have to quit and you have to do everything you can to find something you love because when you do, it's never gonna feel like this. Not saying there's not gonna be hard days, but you're not gonna be hyperventilating, having panic attacks and doing ugly cries with snots coming out of your nose over what you're doing. And he didn't tell me what I was supposed to do. He just gave me that drop of wisdom and something in my soul, Shantae, settled because I felt the truth in what he was saying. And it was also a little bit of a permission slip because I realized I wasn't going to bring shame upon my family if I quit. Mm. So I quit and I made a decision. I was going to go on an odyssey to figure out what I was meant to do. And the only two clues I had was I was very artistic as a child, highly creative, always doing art. And I also loved business. I was on Wall Street. So there was these two sides of me. And I was like, well, how do I merge these things? They don't seem to go together. So I thought maybe magazine publishing. And at the time, I, you know, a lot of us women, especially back in the, you know, you love reading your magazines. They're cool. You learn about new stuff. You're, you're um, expanding your mind and they're fun to look at. So I hustled and I got a temp position at Gourmet Magazine, which was part of the Condé Nast empire. I was so psyched, Shantae. I was like, okay, this is going to be awesome. First of all, gender balance different. It, publishing, especially at that time, it was like 98% female. And I was like, okay, like I can be myself here. This is amazing. And for the first six months, I was excited. It was new. It was awesome. My woman was a boss, the publisher, um, who was very powerful. She was a woman. She was amazing. But that voice came back, Shantae. Marie, this isn't who you are. This isn't what you're meant to do. This isn't what you're supposed to be in the world. And I was like, are you kidding me? What's wrong with me? I love working. I have a very strong work ethic. And yet this voice was getting louder and louder. This time I took an objective look and I said, okay, let me take a step back. I didn't like Wall Street. I get that. But what's happening here? And I thought to myself, I looked at my boss and I said, I don't really want her job. And I looked at my boss's boss, the publisher. And I was like, gosh, I can't see myself aspiring to be her either. So if I don't want to climb this corporate ladder, what am I doing wasting their time and mine? And then I thought more analytically, I said, okay, maybe this is still too in the business realm, like add sales numbers, meeting your quota. Maybe I'm pushing too hard on the number side and I've kind of starved my inner artist. Maybe I should be in something more creative. So I said, aha, what if I go to the editorial side of another magazine? Brilliant. I go to HR. I said, any magazine that has an editorial assistant position open, please consider me. A couple months went by, 
got a fashion assistant position at Mademoiselle magazine. I'm like, all right, this has got to be it. I'm going to fashion shows. I'm working with photographers, designers. Like this is going to be amazing. Shantae, what do you think happened? Months go by, the novelty wears off, and all of a sudden I hear these same inner voices. Marie, this isn't who you are. This isn't what you're meant to do. This isn't what you're supposed to be in the world. And at this point, I'm not lying. I thought cognitively something was broken. I was like, none of this makes sense. I am extremely diligent. I want to work. I love work. And I cannot seem to hold on to a job because something in me keeps dying this slow death and my inner voice is screaming to quit. I, I felt awful. I was on the internet probably one day when I shouldn't have been. And I came across this new profession at the time, context, 1999. Mm -hmm. The new profession was called coaching specifically around life coaching and business coaching. It was talking about how coaches are these people who can create businesses that strategize with others where you are both peers, no one's above each other. And you strategize on how to help people create the futures that they want. And I will tell you, Shantae, something inside of me lit up like a Christmas tree. It was though the clouds parted, little angels came out and it was like, Like, this is what you're meant to do. But the mean girl, the critical one, the fear-based conversation in my head went like this, Marie, what is a life coach? Just sounds like the cheesiest, dumbest thing ever. You're 23 years old. Who in their right mind is going to hire a 23-year-old life coach? You haven't even lived life. Plus, you are in mountains of debt. You don't even know what the hell you're doing. You keep quitting your jobs. This is the dumbest thing you have ever considered. You're going to fail at this like you failed at everything else. Mm. So those two realities happening at once. I couldn't deny, though, something on a soul level was like, you got to go for this. So I signed up very quickly for a three-year coach training program. And it was all done by teleconference back in the day. Everything virtual is like, whoa, we were ahead of our time. Mm -hmm. Fast forward six months, I get a call from the HR department at Condé Nast. There was a promotion for me at Vogue. More money, more prestige, just a whole career path at the top fashion magazine. And that was my fork in the road. It was like, okay, are you going to stay on the safe path? keep those health benefits, keep that paycheck coming, a job that people actually understand? Are you going to quit and try and build a coaching business? No one knows what the hell it is. You don't know what the hell you're doing. You don't have money. You have negative funds right now. Um, Yeah. So what are you going to do? So of course I opted for the risky path. I went back to doing what I did to help put myself through college, which was bartending and waiting tables. And that was 20 years ago. Wow. Wow. So much to unpack there. I know. I'm sorry, but it's like, that's, yes. But what I will say is not only did I resonate with almost every part of that journey, I know a lot of people listening to this may be on that path right now, questioning themselves. Like, I know I'm meant for something else, but I'm trapped, trapped in the thinking of, this is all you know, you got bills to pay, who are you, who do you think you are, right? So there's so much noise going on in your head, in the the society, and, you know, we're our own worst enemies sometimes, right? We got the supervillain and our superhero, you know, talking to each other. Uh, But I love how you talked about that fork in the road, because so many of us come to that fork in the road, I know I did. Um, But the beautiful thing about it is I did a TEDx talk on this. 
that when I came to that fork in the road, my brain said, look, you can go down the path you've always known and you know what, where that leads. You're gonna burn out again. You're going to hit another pole or a wall literally again. And you're gonna keep reliving this cycle or, you know, may not live because you hit, a, you know, your brain burns out. Or you can go this other path where you can bring all of you, right? You can bring your knowledge, you can bring your passion and do something bigger with this knowledge. So I think everyone can relate to being taking that look at the two rows, the two paths and deciding. But a lot of people don't decide to take that risk. Why do you think people hesitate or continue down the road they already know like you if you would have went the vogue route you probably would have heard the noise in your head again that question this is not for you what are you doing you know you would have the novelty would have worn off you would have been going like on a hamster wheel that's right so why do you think people stay the safe route well, I think there's many reasons. I know for me, one of the gifts that my mom gave me, which are many, was teaching me that, um, and you know, it doesn't matter what people believe or they don't believe in anything, but I was taught that I have a direct line to God and that speaks through my intuition and that I must always honor that voice, that still small voice inside because the design of it is to help me and my soul's agenda to fulfill that agenda, whatever it is. And I think that um, a lot of people in my career, I've learned, they're like, gosh, I don't know if I have intuition or they don't know how to hear it or honor it or pay attention to it. I think on a more kind of exterior level, and this is real, you talked about it, fear of not being able to pay the bills, you know, like not being able to provide for themselves or their family, the fear of failing, the fear of possibly succeeding. I've seen this one, especially with women, nervous that if they step into that flow, that path, their highest calling, that the success may destroy some of their most precious relationships with their spouse, their children, other people that they love. So there is a lot of external fear that can keep people in a, the same place, kind of, you know, in a bit of a hamster wheel, groundhog day kind of experience. Uh, but one of the things that I think has driven my career and one of my purposes on this earth is to help underscore, underwrite, certify people's innate power that they have to not operate out of their circumstance, but operate out of their potential to honor and listen to that voice inside and that you don't have to necessarily take these enormous risks. You don't have to put yourself in financial peril. You don't have to destroy relationships that you can both use the rational intelligence in your mind and the intuitive wisdom in your soul to create the change that you most want to see in your life. And it may not happen overnight. I mean, for me, and I'll just, I want to be real about this. You know, when I started my business, Man, I was working side jobs for seven years, wow. cleaning people's toilets, uh, bartending, waiting tables, teaching fitness. Like I was doing many, many things while I figured out how to mature into 
the woman that became the woman I am today who understand finances and how to be a boss. And you know what I mean? So it was not an overnight thing. And I think people have to have patience with themselves and grace because we live in a world that pushes, you know, hustle 24 seven. And if you don't make it in six months, then then you're a failure. And it's like, no, that's a very, I think it's a toxic lie that can keep people stuck in a place rather than giving themselves permission to experiment and that it doesn't all have to go perfectly at once. Oh, you know, I love experimentation. (laughs) I'm like this whole entrepreneurial journey is one big experimentation. Yes. Let me try this. What feels good? What didn't work? Where are my strengths? I mean, it's the ultimate personal development journey, actually. (laughs) Yes. So you created B-School. I don't think a lot of people know that you clean toilets. I mean, the work ethic and the drive that you have to have in order to you know, do those type of things so you can live your higher calling. It looks messy at first, right? It doesn't. And it still looks messy. Let's be real. One of the things I want to underscore that you said, Shantae, which is so brilliant and wise, and I want people to hear this, you know, my business has been running for 20 years and I work, of course, I am diligent. I have a strong work ethic, but I don't have a crystal ball. You know, part of what we teach in B-School, which we'll talk about, is I discovered early on, thankfully, that there were certain timeless principles that made businesses work or at least gave them the best possible chance for success. If you had a couple of these things lined up and you kept leaning into them, kept refining them, you would give you and your business the highest possible chance of flourishing, being profitable, being meaningful, being a a beautiful representation of your values and the change that you want to see in the world. But like we've all seen, right? 2020, a pandemic, the world can shift and none of us know it's going to work. But what I've seen and our business has grown throughout it is that these timeless principles actually give you a sense of foundation upon which, and I can't wait to hear your experience with this, upon which you can build a business where you can experiment, where you can be agile with the times, where you can innovate and reinvent yourself as the world needs it, but you still have a strong foundation underneath you that gives you confidence to move ahead. Absolutely. That, that's beautifully put. And for this business, you have to be whole brain, right? So you yes. talked about listening to your intuition and you, you're artistic. That's totally your right brain, right? But you love numbers, right? You know, you like strategies and systems and you wanted a, a career where you can merge the two. And so entrepreneurship is that vehicle to allow you to express the highest level of your brain and yourself. And the beautiful thing about the brain is that it'll keep giving. It'll keep serving. It'll keep following your directions. It'll keep being creative. It's like limitless, right? Um, So it it opens up so many opportunities um, as well. And I know that when you created B-School, and I want to ask more about B-School, it led you to all these opportunities, including you know, getting on Oprah's, Oprah's radar, right? Yes. So can you share for the audience, what is B-School? What does the B stand for? And how did it come about? Yes. So B stands for business. Um, we've had students over the years say it stands for brave and bold and, you know, all these other beautiful B words. But the way that B-School came about was this. When I was starting my coaching practice, I realized uh, something big. 
which was you can be amazing at your craft. For me, the craft was coaching, being able to work with people to produce real lasting change and results in their lives. But you cannot just be good at your craft. You also have to understand how to be a business person too. If you're the best chef in the world, the best graphic designer, you do jewelry, you cannot just be the artist. You also have to understand how to make that business sustainable. And that requires some skills specifically around marketing and sales. And so I was learning for myself because we're not taught this in school. I certainly didn't learn this, even though I had um, an undergraduate business degree. It was all technical. It was statistical. It was stuff that, frankly, Shante, I never use today. So I was going out to all these different conferences. I was signing up for anything I could to understand how do you grow a small business in this new digital world? This is the year 2000, 2001, 2002. Email was brand new. No one had done that. Um, advertising online, brand new. So I was learning all these things and I noticed something. Shantae, every conference I'd go to, every seminar room I'd show up in, once again, it was almost like Wall Street. 99.9% of the people on the stages were men. And at that time, not not 100%, I just want to be clear, but my personal experience was a lot of the energy was around extracting as much profit as possible, you know, and there was like highlighters and arrows and it just felt like I needed a shower sometimes. And my idea of business, I learned from my dad, which was like, Hey, the best of you comes out. You over deliver for your clients. You fall in love with your clients. You show up for them big. There's a lot about values. And then for me, my personality, like I, love being a goofball, dance, humor, art, all of that's very intrinsic to my being. And I saw that the education that I was exposed to was lacking like aesthetic or a sense of humor. And I'm like, people are terrified of business. Like we need to make this fun and enjoyable and interactive. So people are less scared and more engaged. So I saw this huge opportunity to teach about business because I didn't learn all these things. And I was like, I'm going to create a school that is the school I wish that I had when I first started off as a coach that would teach me the timeless principles around marketing and sales that I needed to make my business go and nothing that I didn't. Here was the other thing I just want to say, Shantae. So I had a simul career uh, as a Nike elite athlete and dance um, trainer. And I had a lot of women that would show up to my dance classes and when I would train around the world. And so many of them would come up to me and they'd say, Marie, I have this idea for something I want to do. Um, can you talk to me about business? And I would start talking to them. And the, and the moment, Shantae, I would talk to them about marketing and sales they'd shut down. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm just the artist. I'm going to need somebody else to handle that bit. Or, or that sounds, I don't want to be a used car salesman. I don't want to be aggressive. I don't want to annoy people. Can't somebody else do that for me? And Shantae, in a loving way, I would want to take these women, shake them gently, but not so gently slap them and just be like, no, like, please. Marketing and sales does not have to be aggressive. It doesn't have to be slimy. In fact, the best of your humanity can come out, not the worst. Your generosity, your empathy, your compassion, your creativity, your desire to give value and not have anything come back to you in return. And so that was also the impetus because I wanted to see women specifically, but not exclusively, mm -hmm become financially empowered because I had seen the impact in my own life and in other women's lives when they got their business act together, regardless of the craftsmanship, the craftswomanship that they had, mm -hmm. that the financial freedom that they could create for themselves, if they just understood a few things would be 
absolutely life-changing. So that was kind of the other impetus behind B-School. I'm a really huge advocate for women and girls. And I believe that when women are financially empowered, everyone wins, families win, community wins, nations win, economy wins, the world wins. Oh my gosh. There's a lot to unpack. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm, no, you know, I'm having a coffee with a neuroscientist, so I'm going for it, mama. Yeah, go for it. Go. Like, my, my neurons are just firing off in all kinds of directions. I'm like, we're going to come back to this maybe round two of the yeah. podcast. Uh, but you are so um, right. Um, you know, when women are empowered, um, in their society, when they're, they are leaders, you see trends of success, of empathy, compassion, yes. right? You see more inclusiveness, um, you know, even in organizations, uh, there's studies that show when you have more women on the team, the, the teams thrive, their creative potential goes up, right? Yes. Uh, so we can, we can talk all day about the females. Okay. I will say you are my first big investment into the online coaching world. Yes. An honor. Yes. I, I was introduced to you, I think in, a, in November of 2013 um, from Oprah. I started following you, watching your, your quirky videos. And I'm like, what is she doing on this, <laughs> on this video? Right. I've never seen it before. Right. Yes. And so B school came around just like it's coming. Um, uh, you are running it now or enrolling for it now. And you know, the cart is going to close and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I got to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it. So I call mom, my mom, and I'm like, mom, I need to borrow $600. The card is going to close. She was like, what do you mean the card is going to close? And so, you know, I just explained to her that I, there's something I have to do. It's hard to explain to people yes. about the coaching world, right? And that you have to use your knowledge and passion for something else. And so I try my best to explain it to her. Luckily, like you, you have very supportive parents and they believe in you no matter what you do. They just still support you. My mother, my, my father is the same way. Um, and so, yes, you're my first big investment. And so what I learned from you in B-School, thank you for the practical knowledge of business. Um, my brain wasn't even prepared to think like that. What I learned from you the most, and it's different for everybody, Marie, when they join your program. I learned, I discovered myself. I discovered my voice. Marie, don't get me crying right now. <laughs> I discovered who I am in this life. I discovered that I can bring all of me to this life. I don't have to suppress who I am. I don't have to suppress my quirkiness. I don't have to suppress any part of me. I can bring neuroscience with me. You showed me that. You demonstrated that. I'm like, it's working for her. Um, what I do know, it did take some time to be comfortable with accepting that I could bring all that. So B-School is not just a, a program. It's a journey to discovering your whole self. And that's what it takes to run a successful business. You have to bring your whole self, your whole brain, your whole passion to it. I just want to honor you and just what your words just mean so much because I am very clear and I try and say this as much as possible. I do not pretend to have all the answers. Like there's a few areas where I'm dangerous, right? I know, and I will be unapologetic about that. But by and large, my role and my job is to support brilliant 
humans just like you and go like, oh, this is me. This is my power. Let me turn it up. So it's not like I have all the answers. I trust and I know that there is so much inside of you. And through my training, if I'm able to open some of those windows and provide just some nudges and some questions and some possibilities, that's what makes me so excited because it's you that have that wisdom, you that have that special gift that the world has never, ever seen before. And as far as we know, in this particular incarnation, we'll never see again. So if I, if there's anything that I can possibly do to help open those doors, to help people get in touch with their own power and uniqueness and be able to share those gifts with others, I'm like, I'm just going to step out of the way because it's your time to shine. And I, I just adore you. And I love you. And thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. I wanted to say hallelujah when you were just saying, <laughs> closing your eyes and saying that prayer for the world, you are truly making an impact, right? Um, there was a time when I used to be in a, in a room with one patient, you know, a dementia patient or someone with TBI. And a part of me just wanted to hug the patient and just say, you are, you are so much more than these deficits, right? And I just, I, I was going against the grain. <laughs> I would actually, don't tell anybody, but I, I showed up at one of our patients' homes because... She just want a connection. Yes. Yes. Holiness deteriorates the brain. And I'm like, you, you are missing the boat, supervisors. Some of these people, they just want connection. Yes. From a friend, from a family member, and they're not getting it. That's why they're lo losing cognitive functioning. So for some reason, I was able to see what others couldn't see, but because you know you're supposed to work in a certain systematic um, platform, that you know you can't be your true self. One of the things that you're underscoring, I just want to interject for people listening, is you made this powerful shift, which I'm very interested in in continuing to cultivate and strengthen in people from looking to exterior authority, right? How things have been done before the system. You must do X, Y, and Z. You have to hold back. You have to play small. You have to cut off parts of yourself to your own internal authority that I am, again, I'm going to just use my own frame of reference, a child of God and all of me comes to the table and I'm going to trust my heart. I'm going to trust my intuition. I'm going to trust my humanity. So you are a healer. And what you did is you took a look at a situation and you said, hey, this person is more than the label of what they are challenged with right now and feeling into the fullness and saying they need connection. I understand from my intellectual training that that loneliness, that lack of connection can be detrimental to someone from a cognitive standpoint. And I also know that on a soul level, connection heals. And so you made this big shift from paying attention to external authority to having the confidence and the courage and the trust in your own internal higher wisdom to follow that. And that's what we do with B-School is, is helping people go from, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And it's overwhelming. Of course it is. Of course it is. That's totally cool. That's where we all are. But part of what I like to do is train people to become their own authority and train them to make those wise decisions about their business and their life, not based on what everybody else is telling you to do, but based on both solid principles of psychology and human understanding and confidence in the natural knowing and internal wisdom that you were given at birth. Wow. That's a priceless outcome. 
<laughs> listeners. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's no value I can place on B school. You know, it's like, I probably would have paid a hundred thousand dollars had I known what the real outcome was going to be. Of course, it's not a hundred thousand dollars, but <laughs> you feel like a million dollars coming out of it. And we all have, you know, multi-million dollar industries in our brain, right? And Marie helps you to pull it out by essentially you help people to use their whole brain. Yes. You gotta know the the marketing and, and the sales and stats and numbers. Your brain actually needs that in order to fulfill the mission, right? And you help them to, you know, tap into their internal dialogue, their intuition, and their their higher guidance. Um, so that is the power of B school. What what do you want to tell people about B-School and why do you think it's important in this moment for more people to uh, go out there and live their highest selves? Well, I think one of the lessons that I was reminded of and many of us were reminded of over um, you know, the past year, everything we've all been through collectively as a global society is that the safest bet we can make is on ourselves. You know, so many people um, understood and have seen, you know, you can't really depend on an outside organization, outside authorities that in many ways, whether you run your own business or you want to work in a smaller company that's more agile, having an entrepreneurial mindset and understanding how to behave like an entrepreneur, which means understanding how to take intelligent, smart risks, understanding how to advocate your ideas, the possibilities of the world in such a way that gets buy-in, gets people to say yes, inspires people to take action. You know, all of those skills, which I consider entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial skills are the skills to not only survive, no matter how wild the world gets around us, but to thrive. And most importantly, Shantae, to create the meaningful change that so many of us want to see. There are so many challenges that we face collectively as a humanity, right? And everyone has different passions. Everyone has different skill sets and gifts. And my belief is that we need the full diversity of talents, gifts, humans, perspectives coming together to solve these things. And, you know, there's not for me, I'm agnostic. There's not one issue, right? There are many issues. But if we've got folks who are like confident in who they are, they have the skills and the tools to inspire people to act, to do things that are good for them, good for the world, good for everyone else. I think that's where we need to get to if we're going to have a world which we all know is possible, something that is more equal, something that is more just, something that is more harmonious, sustainable from a climate perspective and an ecological perspective, from an economic perspective, there is more than enough to go around in terms of money, in terms of food, in terms of resources. But we haven't done a great job collectively yet of actually living into that truth. And we're starting to, or at least we're starting to have some conversations, right? We're making progress. We have tons of work to do on so many channels. But for me, empowering people to go beyond their own limitations, to trust the wisdom of their heart and to have the skills, the tools, and the capabilities to thrive in an otherwise chaotic world and stay in that place of hope and unity, 
that I feel like is, is a, is a part of what I, I can contribute to helping to make the world the, the place where we all want to live. That's beautiful. And B-School does all of that to <laughs> get you on that path to be that contributor to the greater, greater good of humanity. It's going to take all of us, all of us collectively to save the planet, to make sure there's um, equality and equities across different um, systems and organizations. So we all yes. need to be looking at our most highest self. You coined a term. Okay. <laughs> this term that you coined yes through my entrepreneurial journey it, it caught whenever i said it it calmed down my amygdala my threat brain my doubt brain my fear brain and i knew that i could handle anything and that term was everything is figure outable yes <laughs> yay <laughs> yes you wrote a book on it you have even the, the calendar yes thing, right so when was that moment that you said I can figure this out. This is figure out a Like what was the moment that that term popped in your head? I'll tell the quick, I'll try and make this quick. This is my mom. So again, my mom is a spicy woman. She is in her seventies. God bless. We still have her with us, but my mom, um, you know, she's really interesting. She is about five, three. She's got the tenacity of a bulldog. She looks like June Cleaver and she cusses like a truck driver. So she's an interesting, incredible soul. She grew up the daughter of two alcoholic parents in Newark, New Jersey, and learned really by necessity how to stretch a dollar bill around the block like five times. So Shantae, probably one of my favorite memories being my mom as a kid growing up was in New Jersey sitting at our kitchen table. And she loved to teach me how we could save money as a family. She's frugal as all get out. And she also taught me that if you saved up what were known as proofs of purchase, do you remember those? Yeah, I do. Like the, the little things you can cut out of the side of a milk carton or whatever, and you would get cool free things from brands like a little spoon set or recipe book. Well, one of my mom's favorite possessions in the world was this tiny little AM FM transistor radio that she got from Tropicana orange juice for free. So it looked like an orange. It had a red and white straw sticking out of the side, which was the antenna. And she took this thing everywhere. So as a kid, I knew I could find my mom somewhere around the house or the yard by listening for the sound of this little Tropicana orange radio. So one day I come home from school and I was walking home and I heard like music blasting in the background and I get close to my house and the music was coming from a weird orientation, like up from above. And I look up and I see my mom perched precariously on the roof of our two-story house with her little Tropicana orange radio next to her butt. And I was like, mom, are you okay? What are you doing on the roof? What's going on up there? And she's like, Ray, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. The roof had a leak. I called the roofer. He said it was going to be at least 500 bucks. I said, screw that. I'm doing it myself. That's my mom. Mm -hmm. Another day I come home and uh, I go in the house and I hear that tinny little music blasting from the back of the house. And I followed it. Turns out my mom's in the bathroom, push open the door. There is pipe sticking out of the wall. There's dust particles in there. It looked like a bomb went off. I was like, mom, are you, what's going on? And she's like, Ray, I'm fine. She's like, the tiles had some cracks. I didn't want the bathroom to get moldy. So I am retiling the entire bathroom. Now, Shantae, this is the eighties. No internet, no YouTube, no Google. And my mom has a high school education. One day in the fall in Jersey, it's dark out. I'm coming home from school. It's a little creepy. Mm -hmm. I approach the house and it is dark and silent, which for an Italian American home, this is not a good sign. 
I get that pit in my stomach. Like we all do, like something is seriously off here. Mm-hmm. I walk into the house, silence. Of course, my brain is going to the worst places. I'm like, where's my mom? No sound of the radio. What the hell's going on? All of a sudden I hear these little clicks and clacks from the kitchen. I go into the kitchen. I see my mom hunched over the kitchen like it was an operating room. She's got screwdrivers and electrical tape. And in like a dozen pieces was a completely dismantled little Tropicana orange radio. And I was like, mom, are you okay? That's like your favorite thing. Did it, is it busted? What happened? And she said, oh, Rhea, I'm fine. She's like, the antenna was off and the dial was broken. So I'm fixing it. And Shantae, I just stood there like watching my mom like this, like just looking at her work, her magic in awe. And I finally thought to ask the question I should have always asked, which was, hey, mom, how do you know how to do so many different things that you've never done before, but nobody is showing you how to do it? And she puts down her screwdriver and she cocks her head to the side. She's like, Ray, what are you talking about? Nothing in life is that complicated. If you roll up your sleeves, you get in there and you do it. Everything is figure outable. And Shantae, I was like, like that phrase just like kept washing over me and I kept repeating it to myself. I'm like, everything is figure outable. Everything is figure outable. Oh my goodness. Oh. Everything is figure outable. And from that moment on, it was the thing that I repeated neuroplasticity mm-hmm. made a truth in my brain and in my soul. And it has been the driving force of my life from everything. And to this day, when the you know what hits the fan, because it does for all of us, problems are a part of life. They're part and parcel. Nobody gets away from it. It trains my brain to think creatively. And I love that you said this because I suspected this to be true, but you have the science training to prove this. My amygdala calms down. Like when I say everything is figure outable, everything gets calm. And all of a sudden, even if I don't have the answer, I am calm enough to be able to take an effective action. That action might be to sit my butt down and breathe. It might be to call a friend. It might be to, you know, open up my phone and call someone. No matter what it is, it puts me in a state of mind where I feel like my prefrontal cortex is online Mm -hmm. and my executive functions are available, which means that the part of me that could be useful in problem solving is here and ready to go. And it helps me stay out of stress, overwhelm, fear, the fight or flight response that can be destructive for many of us. That's exactly what saying everything is figure outable does, calming that amygdala, redirecting that energy, that blood flow that you need to access. What do I need to do now? What's available to me? Because if you're caught up in the threat brain, the fear brain, you don't have access to what you need to do except for running, fleeing, you know, stopping what you're doing. So you're opening up, opening up communication in parts of your brain that's going to move you forward. So yes, I, I love that. It's my mantra. Thank you, Mama Forleo, for coming up with <laughs> Thank you, her. Mama. <laughs> um, yes, I definitely uh, share that as well. So I know you are enrolling for B-School so you can make a bigger impact, continue making a bigger impact and changing the world. How can people learn more about B-School and how can they enroll with you? 
Yeah. So if you go to either joinbschool.com, we've got some incredible free training there. And then we also have a little tag if you want to check out the program and enroll. Um, I would encourage people if they're hearing this, we've got so much free training up now that even if you're just curious, it will be awesome because you'll be able to take a ton of notes and take away a ton of actionable strategies that can help you regardless. But if you want to join us for B-School, you can go to marieforleobschool.com slash enroll. You can see everything about the program. I think some of the, my favorite pieces are every student gets lifetime access. So as you mentioned, we have over 65,000 grads and I've had folks who have their MBA and PhDs tell me that B-School for them was more intense in a way that it was actually applicable, that it changed them from the inside out and that it was comprehensive. And so they didn't get through the whole program, you know, the first time they kind of worked through it. But I said, you don't ever have to worry about that. You can take it at your own pace because you have lifetime access. And this year we have um, a host of new masterclasses. We have all kinds of different things that we've added into the program. And when people invest once, you get to come back every year and you don't have to pay ever again. I think the other thing too, you know, as a woman, as someone who started her business in debt, terrified, didn't have resources, um, we have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Having people feel safe is really important to me. Um, I care deeply about human beings and I want them to know that, hey, if you come in here, you're going to have to do your work. You're going to have to give it a go. You can't just learn by osmosis. That's not how it works in life. But if you sincerely give it a go and for some reason you discover it's not for you, we have everything clearly written. It's extremely transparent. But within, I think it's the first two weeks, turn in your completed coursework and we'll give you a hundred percent refund. I am clear, you know, I wouldn't be in business for 20 years if I was in the business of taking from folks. I only want to work with people where there is a match values wise and that we can legitimately offer so much value that people walk away going, I would have paid 10 times that. That's the experience that we want. So for those reasons and many more, you know, we have hundreds of case studies, which by the way, Shantae, we need to do a case study with you. I'm just thinking about this because I don't know how many neuroscientists are out there going like, I may not want to operate only in a clinical setting or other types of scientists who go, oh, wow, there might be this possibility to take this thing that I love and express it in a way that may never have been done before and to do so in a way that honors the legitimacy of my academic background, but also embraces the creative possibilities that I see for the future. So that's just a little note for you and I, but B-School is just, it's a gorgeous experience and we care deeply about helping our students tap into that power, that possibility, that profitability, and that sustainability so that they grow into the powerful business people that they know they can be. Wow. I can't wait to go back through. Like you're selling me again. I'm going to go back through the program. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited for you to see some of our new masterclasses. And I will say this, we have a whole new group of live sessions happening every single week, which are going to be so fun and be school mentor coaches. So there's all of these different perspectives. We're all supporting each other. It's, it's really cool. It's really exciting. The community is wonderful. Thank you for cultivating that. And we're growing together and it's needed no matter what level you're trying to get to community is so important and, and we have that uh, with yeah. me. We'll go ahead and put those links um, somewhere in the show notes as well. Uh, this has been a powerful conversation. I'm, I'm going to listen back to it a couple of times because there were so many nuggets and I know the audience was um, able to resonate with so 
much of what we've talked about today on, on a deeper level, on a societal level, but also on an individual journey level, which we need it all. We need the whole spectrum of us, right? That's right. I love you. You underscored it. You said it's a holistic approach. And I think that's what we need more in our world. And you are such a powerful example of this, Shantae. I feel like I wouldn't be here had I not took the risk, called my mom up, borrowed that $600. I was in debt. I, was, I had fears. But I, I made the, the decision, it changes. I'm taking the, the path that I haven't traveled before. I need to, I just need to shout you out for another reason too, because I want to say that um, I had taken your seminar that you did online about unconscious bias. And one of the things I just want to really acknowledge, appreciate, and celebrate you for is you are a woman who owns her worth. And we need more of that in this world. So if I can just shout you out, it's, I, it expanded my heart. It expanded my soul. Myself and my team were cheering as we were listening to you deliver your work. And I, I said to Louise on my team, who's, you know, one of my, she's an angel. Uh, I was like, Shantae owns her worth. And I, it just, again, so I'm celebrating on you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I had to evolve to that person. But I think we always have had that strength, right? Yes. But it just needs to be activated. And the more we walk in our purpose and passion, we keep activating it and we show up even more powerfully. And you are instrumental in helping me get to this place. So thank you. I honor you. Would love to have you back. Of course. (laughs) So that is our show today. Remember, We'll have the link to uh, B-School. The card is closing soon. So you want to make sure that you get what you need and be able to ask your questions um, to Marie Forleo and her team. You only run it once a year, right? Yes, we may be changing that, but I don't have all the details yet. We're trying to, what we're trying to do, Shante, is be as generous and responsive as we can be because what we've discovered, just like you do, people need our information now more than ever. And so uh, we don't have a firm date yet, but if you want to get in now, now is the time. Oh, that's music to my ears. I'm like, I want to just, you know, amplify this, this, um, this school, you know, this opportunity to the world. So if you're, you're offering it more um, consistently, then that's even great. But in the meantime, (laughs) this may be your, your one moment. So thank you everyone for listening, for watching. Thank you again, Marie Forleo. Uh, Remember when you better your mind and better your brain, you better your impact in this world. Go get it. Did you like this episode? Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast and share with a friend. And if you consider yourself a modern thinker and if you want free mindset success tools and more tips and strategies on how to use neuroscience in your everyday life and how to stay motivated and inspired to live your best self, come visit me at ChanteTaylor.com, enter your name and email address and sign up for my newsletter. Remember, when you better your mind, you better your brain, you better your impact.